0: Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online with us or on the radio, uh, welcome to you too. A reminder that, that uh, you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you'll find the bulletin for the service under the resources tab. And you can click on that and follow along as, uh, as we worship together. Uh, there's also options for giving your offering to the Lord under the give tab. Just a few announcements to share with you before we start worship this morning. Um, uh, one of those important ministries that we have here at chapel is, is, that needs your support is, is our radio ministry. Uh, you might remember our worship service is broadcast on KFUO AM 850 on Sunday afternoons at 4 p.m. Uh, and you may support that powerful outreach tool by sponsoring one or more broadcasts. The sign-up sheet for that is located right next to the elevator in the commons area. And there you can sign up and sponsor that radio broadcast on KFUO. Cost is $75 to sponsor a Sunday service on the radio, and we thank you for your for your help in, in, in uh, bringing the message to those who are listening on KFUO on Sunday afternoons. On Saturday, October 22nd, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, Chapel's Life team will be hosting a workshop on the topic of memory loss and dementia care, led by author and experienced advocate for seniors, Cheryl Wilson. Cheryl has a tremendous passion and sensitivity for those in the senior season of their lives. Uh, We ask you to come and invite a family member or a friend or somebody you know who could benefit from this free workshop. Uh, Please register though in advance. You can do that on our website, chapelofthecross.org. Just click on the link there or by contacting the church office and, and registering your attendance. We invite you to come. The next Chapel Traveler's Trip is scheduled for Monday, the 24th of October, to tour Day 3 Seeds Headquarters down in Bertrand, Missouri, Lutheran Heritage Center and Museum in Altenburg, and the Saxon Lutheran Memorial in Frona. Uh, please sign up at the Welcome Center, and if you've got any kind of questions about that, you can see Ken Kreitner or Bill Rusnick. They'd be very happy to share information about that with you. This being the first weekend of the month, we have a Director of the Week. This weekend, our Director of the Week is Steve Geis. Uh, Steve will be greeting you at the back door as you leave today. And our Elder of the Week this weekend is George Tamazi. And George also will be greeting you at that back door as you leave today. Get to know George and Steve as, as one of your elders and one of your directors here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you on your worship this morning. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Praise to the Lord the Almighty, hymn number 790 in our hymnal. We stand to sing that together. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done, and we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by His death on the cross and freed us from death by His resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Uh Let us pray. O God, your almighty power is made known chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Teach us to forgive one another and to do what you have commanded. And because through the weakness of our mortal nature, we can do no good thing without your aid, grant us the help of your grace to please you in both will and deed. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament
1: reading for this, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, is from the prophet Habakkuk, second chapter of Habakkuk. The oracle of Habakkuk, the prophet received. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, It will certainly come and will not delay. See, he is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous will live by his faith. This is the word of God. Lord, thanks. Speak to God.
0: We speak responsibly our psalm of the day, Psalm 62. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down, this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Low-born men are but a breath, the high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken. Two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done.
1: The epistle is from the first chapter of 2 Timothy. In prison, Paul writes, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flames the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearance of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you, heard me, what you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. This is the word of the Lord.
0: stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you had a servant plowing or looking after the sheep, Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ may be seated as we sing our hymn. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe you have heard it said that this world would be a pretty wonderful place if it weren't for all the people. (laughs) Now, I happen to disagree with that statement. I think that other people are pretty great, and I think it's wonderful to have other people around me. But you and I would probably have to admit sometimes the biggest source of frustration is the people that we interact with and the people actually we even live with because people disappoint us and people fail us and people anger us and people let us down and people discourage us and certainly people sin against us. It happens all the time, doesn't it? And how, how do we respond to that? I mean, just think about that for a minute. Has there ever been a day when you and I didn't need to respond to somebody else's sin? I mean, we face that all the time, do we not? But I think we don't always know how to respond. And when we think about sin, we're more, more often than not, we kind of tend to focus on our own sins so that we repent of our sin, and that's very good. We ought to. And we're sincere about what is right and what's wrong, and we understand that God forgives us our sins as we confess our sins to him wonderful. But how do we respond to the sin of the people around us? You know, sometimes I think we're inclined to kind of respond like this to somebody else's sin. Well, what's that got to do with me? So we ignore it, kind of sweep it under the rug, forget about it. But you and I I both know it doesn't go away and it doesn't get better. In fact it just kind of festers and gets worse, and, and spreading, and, and oftentimes it even spreads to make the damage caused by sin worse. I kind of think about it like like the common cold. You know, if you've if you've been around somebody who has a cold, it's probably not too long until you have a cold yourself. And if you've got a cold yourself, well, then it's probably not too long before somebody else has a cold because of you, and we're just passing along the cold. The same thing happens with sin. Because somebody else's sin, that does affect us. It does hurt us. It even can cause us to sin as well in how we respond or how we do not respond to it. So here in Luke 17, Jesus addresses for his disciples and for us the sin of somebody else. And as I read through those first five verses again, I I would like for you to keep your ears open to three specific verbs three specific actions that Jesus gives us to do or to not do in response to somebody's sin. Luke 17. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom they come. It'd be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Did you hear the three actions? I mean, I know there is more than three verbs in that section, but there's three actions that I kind of want to pull out. And those three words are cause, rebuke, and forgive. When it comes to somebody else's sin, don't cause it rebuke it, forgive it. So let's look at Jesus' first action. He says, don't cause someone else to sin. And when you look at that, Jesus got—he has some pretty strong words here, doesn't he? I think there are a few other places in Scripture where Jesus is as passionate as he is when he talks about those who might cause somebody else to sin, maybe even rob others of their faith. He says the best thing that can happen to a person who does that, who causes one of my little ones to lose faith, causes one of my little ones to sin, would be that a millstone be tied around his neck and be drowned in the sea. I mean, a millstone, you might know, is a a big rock that used to crush grain. Took two or three men to lift one of those things. If you cause a little one to sin, Jesus says it'd be better if you had one of those tied around your neck and thrown overboard. And those are powerful words. Strong words. Don't mess with the kid's faith. Don't mess with the little ones and the faith that they have. And those little ones Jesus is talking about, certainly I think that includes those who are physically smaller, the, the children, the kids who are just learning about their God, just growing in their faith. But there are other little ones, you know. Others who, like children, are often ignored. Others who are often overlooked as Lesser people. I think about people like Lazarus in in that parable we heard last weekend, that beggar Lazarus. And the tax collectors and the sinners who so often came to Jesus. Those are the little ones in the faith. They could probably fall away because of somebody's careless behavior, somebody's careless words. Jesus says, I want your behavior and your words to be examples for others, not an offense to them. You know, in our our day, little ones could be those who are new to the church, those who are new to faith in Jesus Christ. In your words and in your actions, inadvertently or on purpose, don't cause them to sin, Jesus says. And How do you prevent that? Well, two words, Jesus says. Watch yourselves. Keep watch over your words. Keep watch over your actions so that you and I are not the cause of someone else's sin. Secondly, Jesus goes on to say if somebody does sin, rebuke him. Now that really is not something we normally like to do, is it? (laughs) You know, if if I would like to get a a rebuke committee together here at Chapel of the Cross, and I called you and I said, you know what, we're getting a committee of rebukers together. I'd like you to serve on my committee. You probably would say, you know, Pastor, I don't really feel gifted in that area. No thanks. But, But really, the ministry of a gentle and a loving rebuke is critical and it's very biblical. It's also important, though, to remember what we should not do in rebuke. We're supposed to talk to a person, not about a person. In Matthew, Jesus says, if somebody sins against you, you go and you talk to them, you too. How often when sin happens, we don't do that. We start talking about somebody, not to somebody. Jesus says, when somebody sins, rebuke them, but don't berate them. In fact, the Bible is pretty filled with words about how we ought to rebuke. Galatians chapter 6, it says, if somebody sins, you who are spiritual should restore them gently. In Ephesians 4, it says, speak the truth in love. There's a quote, I don't don't know who said it, but it it speaks about about speaking the truth in love. And I share this with my discovery class when we talk about the Eighth Commandment And that quote is, honesty without love is brutality. Honesty without love is brutality. So if rebuke is necessary, by all means speak the truth, but speak the truth in love. So you think of somebody else's sin, we're not to cause it, and secondly, we're called to rebuke it, speaking the truth in love and restoring our brother or sister gently. And of course, Y'all know, since each one of us is a sinner, we will sometimes find ourselves on the receiving end of a hopefully gentle rebuke. So what do you do then? Well, we take that rebuke to heart, we confess our sin, and we ask for forgiveness. And that leads to Jesus' third action in this text. Jesus' third action in this text is to forgive. Forgive. Oh, what a wonderful thing a declaration of forgiveness is. But sometimes, isn't it true, before we get there, before we declare that forgiveness, we want to do something else first. We first want to do a sincerity check, right? Do do you really mean that you're sorry? Are you just saying that? we, We like to do sincerity checks. But when I read Luke chapter 17, I don't see that, where Jesus says, first do a sincerity check. No, he says we are to forgive. Two words, forgive them, Jesus says. And even if somebody sins against you seven times and and repents every time, we should forgive over and over and over and over again. And don't just accept the apology. Don't just say, okay, don't investigate to make sure that they are truly sorry. Speak forgiveness to them. Proclaim it, declare it, announce it, preach it, forgive them in the name of Jesus Christ. And when those disciples heard that, they responded, Lord, increase our faith. What a wonderful response. You know, facing the same lesson today, most people would say, You've got to be kidding me. Forgive them. I don't think so. And over and over again, not a chance. But the disciples knew that Jesus was serious. They also knew that he was asking a great deal. But most of all, they knew that this was impossible to do without the Lord's help and without a very strong faith. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus' teaching here in Luke 17 because faith, as you know, comes from God. God. He's the one who gives us the faith. He's the one who works that faith in our hearts. He's the one who plants that seed of faith in us in our baptism. He's the one who causes it to be nourished and to grow and to flourish. And Jesus says faith is powerful. Even a tiny faith, a mustard seed faith is extraordinarily powerful. Powerful enough, in fact, where we can forgive those who have wronged us. We can, through his power, not cause sin, but rebuke sin and forgive sin. As we think about those three important actions from Luke 17, how we respond to someone else's sin, those three important words in that text, there's actually one even more important word in Luke 17 in responding to the sin of someone else. In fact, in responding to the sin in our lives too. In fact, I would say that this one word is the most important word in this text in regard to somebody else's sin or in regard to our own sin. If you look at that text, I don't know if you can pick it out. You really don't have to look very far because it's the very first word in the text. Jesus. Jesus is the one word that God the Heavenly Father would use in response to sin. Your sin or anybody else's sin. You know, I'm so glad that when I think about my sin, God the Heavenly Father didn't say, oh, Ted's sin? Well, what's that got to do with me? No. No, rather he said, you know what? I've got a word for that sin. Here's the word for Ted's sin, for everybody else's sin, Jesus. And what that Jesus did on Calvary at the Easter grave, Jesus. Jesus. And God, the Heavenly Father, uses that word, Jesus, for my sin, for your sin. He forgives that sin. And that is good news for you and for me today. For all the things that the Heavenly Father could have done with our sin. He could have berated us. He could have ignored us. He could have just talked about us, I guess, with somebody else, with one of the other persons of the Trinity. He didn't do that. He came, and He lived, and He loved, and He died. And he rose to forgive you and to forgive me. There's a tall order responding to somebody else's sin for sure. The disciples realize that. They say, Lord, increase our faith. I tell you what, what a wonderful prayer that is. That's our prayer, isn't it, this morning? Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith to see the name Jesus as a response for people's sin, to see the name Jesus as a response to my sin. Increase our faith, Lord, and work in us to not cause sin, but to rebuke sin and to forgive sin. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. That's printed for you on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, congregation may be seated. At this time, I ask our our, uh, volunteers and our helpers who are involved in the Christian education here at Chapel of the Cross to come forward, please, our Sunday school and adult and youth leaders. all spread out around here thank you for being here today and uh, there are others who could not be here today or who are at other services Uh, we will install and place them in absentia for sure Dear brothers and sisters in Christ you have come to be placed as teachers and helpers and assistants in the Christian education ministry here at Chapel of the Cross a work in which our Father in heaven has great joy Hear the word of our Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Beloved in the Lord, you are to assist the ministry Of the word of word and sacrament here at chapel of the cross and the instruction of god's people according to his holy word you are to prepare yourselves for this work by your individual and corporate study of the word of god and the faith drawn from it as, as it has been delivered to us in the creeds and the confessions of the evangelical lutheran church while holiness of life and obedience to christ are expected of all members of this congregation It is especially important that you show yourselves by word and example to be faithful to him in service and in Christian devotion. In the presence of this congregation and of our Lord, I therefore ask you, do you accept the positions entrusted to you and do you promise faithfully to carry out your duties, trusting in the Lord and conforming yourselves to his word in accordance with the faith of the Evangelical Lutheran Church? If so, answer, I do. And beloved in the Lord, here at Chapel of the Cross, you have heard the promise of faithfulness spoken by these men and women. Do you promise to support them in their work, to, re- to remember them in your prayers, to work with them to the best of your abilities that God has given to you, so that he may be glorified and his work be done in our midst? If so, then we all answer, we do. We do. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I therefore uh, install and place you as helpers and teachers of the Christian education ministry here at Chapel of the Cross in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Almighty and most merciful God enlighten and strengthen you in your service that you may be good and faithful leaders and teachers to the glory of his name and the salvation of his people. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, grant to these, your people, the gifts of wisdom and discretion, kindness and faithfulness, so that they may effectively teach and guide, and grant to all your people a ready willingness to learn. Let the knowledge of your word be preserved and extended among us, so that all may know and praise you now and forever. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Go then in the name of the Lord, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of our Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The Almighty and Most Merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve you. Amen. Could you guys turn around for us? <laughs> we we uh, acknowledge and thank these <laughs> servants of God. <laughs> thank you all we continue our worship by gathering our offering to the Lord We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for your gift of faith that you have planted in our hearts through your word and by which you declare righteous all who believe in Jesus Christ. We pray that you would strengthen and increase our faith that we may wait patiently and confidently in the assurance that you will most certainly deliver and save us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, guide all who are in the authority of government, especially President Joseph Biden and the Congress of the United States, our Governor Mike Parson, and the legislature of this state, and all our judges, that righteousness and peace may prevail everywhere. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray today for those who are estranged from the church that by Christ's word they may be gathered into his family. We pray for the addicted and the despairing, that they may be rescued and delivered. And we pray for those in prison, that they may be comforted. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good Lord, we thank you for ministry opportunities to share your gospel in our community. Continue to work in all of us so that we share the love of Jesus with the people of North County and beyond so that all may have a living relationship with Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, your holy word was taught to both Lois and Eunice, who in turn instructed Timothy. This day we give thanks to you for the work entrusted and undertaken by our sisters in Christ, the Lutheran Women's Missionary League. May they be bold and faithful to impart and support the work of your kingdom, that many may be brought to Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant the certainty and comfort of faith in Christ to all who are in any trouble, sickness, or any other adversity. And we especially remember this day, Don Albers, Joanne Fanson, and Alice Lombard. And we also remember Gloria Udley as she has surgery this upcoming Wednesday. And we remember all others who need your healing touch, whom we name before you in our hearts. May they put their hope in your gracious promises of deliverance and protection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we ask for your presence and guidance to be given to Carolyn Rusnick, who accepted your call to serve at Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri. During this time of transition, we ask that you lead and guide Carolyn, as well as the ministries of Lutheran North and Chapel of the Cross. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we ask that you bring bring your comforting peace and presence to those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. Today we especially remember before you the family and loved ones of Edna Mitchell who died in the Lord this past Sunday and the family and loved ones of Courtney Engeltias, family friend of Jacob Anderson who died in the Lord this past week. May the sure promise of the resurrection give them strength and hope. Lord, in your mercy... Hear our prayer. We pray for all who are in distress through the devastating effects of Hurricane Ian. Lord God, remember those whose lives continue to be in danger, the families who have lost loved ones or have suffered loss of home or property, and all the first responders who work so tirelessly. Comfort and sustain each hurting heart and strengthen all rescue workers. Help us all to remember that although this world is passing away, You have provided us through your Son an eternal home that cannot be lost. And so open wide our hearts and our hands to help in this and every time of need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together in Christ alone.